Hello, friends. Welcome. Officer Nightingale will show you where to sit now that we have some reserved seats here in the writer's room. And Officer Keith will help get your tea order correct. Yes, it is a brand new year. We have made it to 2022. I hope it has been treating you well. Now, it has been a little while, so again, I would humbly like to thank all of you. Our listeners, our co-workers, our friends, our family, everybody who has come to join the chaos of this. Let's see where we last left off. So we found Sedona. Learned a lot about that. Learned a bit more about Gazette. Learned a bit more about Elliot. Aha, yes. How could I forget? Elliot got himself into trouble by walking into the decrepit ship in the middle of the flower field. And that's where we're going to begin. Article 20. Bound by Fate. As the camera begins to focus and dissolve from black, I want you to imagine how a droplet of water is formed. It begins as simply water on a surface, and over time it gains mass until it becomes large enough to allow gravity to grab it. Once it's grabbed, it follows a trail of whatever it's on, rock, wood, grass, until it reaches the end. And once it reaches the end, it begins to build more and more until finally it falls from the surface it was on into open air to finally splash on the ground. That's when the camera finally focuses. We've gone from the ceiling of a decrepit, aged ship, followed it to the end of a ragged, splintered plank, fell until finally we landed on the dirt floor. And we focus clearly as Wayland makes his way into an opening. Wayland, as you approach this ship, it's the feeling you get when you approach a condemned building, and you're very curious to explore it. You want to know what's inside, but you know it's dangerous, and yet something seems to be calling you. And while that is at the forefront of your mind, at the back of your mind, your primal instinct is telling you to back away. This place is not somewhere you want to be. It's that frequency that old buildings give off that trigger your fight-or-flight response. It's exactly that. As you're standing there contemplating whether you should step in or not, Jesse finally catches up with you. Ah, uh, why? I'm calling for him. When you call for him inside the ship, it echoes. Elliot? Elliot. As your echoes fade into obscurity, only the ship answers you and creaks and groans. Jesse pushes past some of the overgrowth. <sighs> Why? Why this? I'm going to make my way in. It feels risky. Oh, it's very risky business. Okay. Are there biscuits on the line? Do those have to be risked, too? All of your biscuits are being risked. Consider them risked. <laughs> Risking my biscuits. Speaking of biscuits, I believe Greg might have some for us for tea, so let's step into the writer's room while we set up this risk. 
Welcome to the soulless, gentle bees. <laughs> Ooh. Oh boy. So, how are you approaching this very creepy risk? Oh, I'm gonna straight up fucking brawl this ship. <laughs> <laughs> First thoughts are, ooh, wait, no, hang on. I think because of the way that you described it, I'm probably going to go resolve for my trait. And, oh boy, I don't know. So let me help you. Fiction first. Think about how Wayland is feeling and what Wayland is going to do. And then Patrick, you and I will apply mechanics. Wayland doesn't know why, but this place deeply unsettles him. Nothing so far that we've seen in the story has really before. Not even the ruins in Makaro? Not even the ruins. So apropos of nothing. Apropos of nothing. It's like walking into a giant dead body. Oh, yeah. The body of a dead god, and it just feels wrong. That tracks. So I think resolve is going to be the trait. For skills, I'm either thinking athletics to try and get around or notice to try and find Elliot. What do you think of? I would argue that Jesse's more athletic between the two. Wayland has the eyes and can see stuff better. So... I would have Wayland look around. I agree with Evan on this. Your eyes are what make you great. Yeah. You can see a lot of things people can't. And knowing that this place is dangerous, knowing that there's something deeper going on in here, I feel like Wayland's head is going to be on a swivel. Not only looking for Elliot, but to make sure that both of you are safe as you're traversing this terrifying ship. Evan, how is Jesse approaching the situation? Carefully. <laughs> very, very carefully. Jesse's been curious about what the ship is, and he's going to do the exploring side of the searching. He and subsequently me, I feel like it's a cave system because it echoed. So that's the first thing that comes to his mind. He thinks that he might have fallen down into something and that Jesse might need to climb down or climb up something, either the ship or maybe potentially a cave, maybe not, to help Elliot. So I'm going finesse and athletics. Sounds good. Now that approaches are done, you know what that means. Time to gather dice. Uh -huh. And we are making sure to double check our character sheets for not only our own advantages, but any advantages the ship probably has for granting bonus dice. Do not forget it. What is the origin of this ship? <laughs> I just want to know if we get any advantages from this ship. You're not oh, getting any bonuses sake. from the ship origin. I give you an A for effort. Nice fucking try. No. What was the name of the ship? The Solus. S-O-U-L-A-C-E. Here's the question. Here's an answer. I imagine that sea legs doesn't do much on this. No, sea legs is not going to help you. You're not at sea. I'm That's nipping fair. that in the bud right now. No, but perfect balance might come in handy. This is what I get for taking all social advantages. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jesse pulls out his letter of mark again. <laughs> Shows it at the spiders and the snakes and the wood. Waylon breaks out of the fear reverie that he's been in, and just looks at the letter of Mark, looks back to Jesse, and then just continues onwards, doesn't say anything. We do have the charter pool 
You do. I forget. Is it a total pool between the two of us or is it pool each? I think it's total, isn't it? It's total. The whole total pool. Hmm. We have five points in that. Yes. Five dice. Cool, 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 cool. You also have Luciana. Don't forget that. This is true. As well as part of the ship, part of the crew. Mm, not active right now. Elliot is in danger. Elliot is missing. We don't know where the fuck Elliot is. Speaking of Elliot, that brings me to consequences and opportunities. Yes. There is going to be an ever-present consequence on this scene that... We lose our friend forever. (laughs) No, you're not going to lose your friend forever. What I mean is that there is a constant consequence here. That trepidatious feeling you're having, that fight-or-flight response that you're ignoring, there's a reason it exists, and you're going to feel it when you walk into this place and start exploring. Okay. That's terrifying, but okay. Solid, solid. Copacetic. That pressure that you're feeling is physical. You will be taking damage the longer you're in this ship. Oh, I understand. Mechanically, how that's going to translate is every second raise spent in the sequence, you are going to take a dramatic wound. I'm confused. Okay, let me clarify. What are you confused on? So if we spend three, we'll get dramatic wound? Yep, you'll get one dramatic wound because you've spent three. Every second raise. So if I spend four raises, then you get two. Every second raise per person or just in general? Nope. This is a consequence on the scene. So it affects both of you. As long as you remain in this ship, every second action you take will deal a dramatic wound to you. Oof. Is there a way to stop that from happening, or...? In fact, there is. That brings me to the opportunities. You can absolutely stop that from happening. You just have to find out why. Got it. Once you find out why it's hurting you, you can stop it. Okay. And there's also another opportunity on the scene to find out what exactly happened here in the Solus. (gasps) Damn. While I did say this is a risk, and you both jointly are in this risk, I am going to treat it as a mini-dramatic sequence, meaning that I'm going to throw out the initiative order in place for a more loose approach. And I do really enjoy having you both establish facts and things inside this creepy, unexplored place. She's just been living next to this for years, and she's, like, cool with it? Maybe if you talked to your mom about it, she would have told you not to go in there. But here we are. Okay. Do we want to swap hero points? Because now we both start with two. This is entirely up to you, though. I'm going to hang on to mine for now. I think I'm good for now. If you're not going to spend them on each other, you can spend them on yourself. Just only grants you one bonus die instead of three. Right. And don't forget about the five extra dice in the luck pool from your charter. I'm going to take one from the pool, if that's chill with you. I will also take one. Cool. So we have three. Yes. So how many dice do you have in your pools? I have eight dice. I have three from Frenesse, two from Athletics, and then two for Flare, and one from the pool also have eight. I have two from Resolve, three for Notice, two for Flare, and one from the pool. Ooh, you'll be able to re-roll a die. 
And by the sounds of it, I think it's time to roll those bones, gentle bees. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> oh, what do we got? Four raises, none left over. Dang it. That's a 10. Eight and a three, seven and a three, nine and a four, and eight and a two. I'm going to use my little good luck charm. I'm a little Lucy. <laughs> I re-roll this two. Roll a nine. Nice. So, five raises. Two tens, a nine, a one, seven, 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 nine. Nothing remainders. God damn it. I'm sorry. I ain't sorry. We're going to get hurt. Fine. You also start with danger points, don't you? I do. I get one for each player, so I have two right now. Now, before we even step in, I want you to take a ship. A good-sized ship. A man of war, a galleon, some fearsome warship. Huge, huge thing. I want you to flip it upside down. Then I want you to tilt it 45 degrees. And then I want you to shove it in the earth until only the very tip of the hull is protruding out. That is what you walk into. Jesse and Wayland, as you look up, you find yourself in the bilge of the Solus. You recognize it because it looks board for board like your bilge. However, there are holes large scars in the ship's hull. The morning sun is streaking through in rays, and you can catch motes of dust drifting in between the large piles of moss overgrown in some of those holes. And while there is greenery all over the inside of this ship, there are very few signs of life. Perhaps a nest tucked away in one of the splintered boards. A burrow beneath a rotted, moldy crate. The animals that have made home here have either done so a very long time ago and therefore abandoned their homes, or perhaps are still there, but just not present. As you listen around you, you can hear the creaking and the groaning of these planks, as though the ship has no idea it's run aground. Normally, those sounds are a comfort to both of you, having lived on a ship most of your young life. These are not comforting at all. This overgrown area is small in comparison to the rest of the place. It is only ten by ten, and yet when you speak, there is a vast echo. Elliot? Are you there? Elliot? Once again, your voice fades away. To be replaced by the unsettling of the ship, there is no response from Elliot. Is there any rubble or, like, parts of the ship that have collapsed that I can go and, like, look under to see if I see any signs of where Elliot has led? Oh, there's plenty of rubble and detritus to search through. And as you do, you find one of Elliot's many pages that seem to never stay inside his journals. It is very clearly Elliot's handwriting, and it seems to describe the Kraken you faced. Okay. He's gonna want this back. Oh, yeah. Jesse's gonna pick it up, fold it up, and put it somewhere. This way. As you move from this room, there is now a beam 
a large hull beam that is leading down to what would be a lower deck if the ship was upright. This spar is spanning an expanse that is difficult to jump. And while the beam is thick to support your weight, it is not as wide as one would like. Beneath the expanse are huge splinters from the deck below, like a gigantic pit trap. And Elliot is not down there, nor are his papers. That was going to be my question. How did he even... I have no idea. Jesse's going to scurry across and pick that up as well. Since it's within your approach, Evan, I will not charge you a raise for that. Wayland, as you're crossing the beam, and you're about halfway across, you hear something behind you. You turn quickly to find it, and there's nothing there. Wayland. Ah. Uh, you doing okay? Uh, yeah. Eyes on me. He's gonna reach his hand out. Come on. Do my best to make it to the other side as quickly as I possibly can. You could spend a hero point for perfect balance and say fuck it instead of having to pay a raise, which is what I was going to charge you to get across this beam. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right. You make it across the beam just fine. That fear of running away from something. You know what it is? It's when you're a kid and you're the last one up the stairs and you got to turn all the lights off. Oh, what do you mean when you're a kid? I still do that. Okay, I do too. I just didn't... Oh, no, I don't like it. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just need to stop explaining this. <sighs> I'm sorry, Zoe. If, if those descriptions are actually bothering you, I will. No, no, it's okay. It's good spook. I will let you know when it is bad spook, okay? I am fine. For those who cannot see me, I am putting up the okay symbol. Set in the mood, all right? <laughs> in fact, I think I'm more creeped than spooked, so yeah, we're good. Oh, fuck. You all right? I don't know that we're alone in here, and I don't mean Elliot. Okay. <sighs> I'm having, I'm having a harder time. Hey, he slaps around on the face a couple times. Ah, <sighs> yeah. Eyes up, focus. Okay. It keeps pushing forward. Come on. Okay. All right. Would either of you like to spend some raises here? Yeah, I would like to spend a raise to see if I could have gotten a better look at that thing. If it was just a shadow, or if there was anything casting it. Ooh, turnabout is fair play. It's my turn to creep you out. Do it. So, remember when you were a kid, and you got spooked in the middle of the night, and you looked around your room to try and find monsters, and you saw shadow creatures? Oh, no. You very clearly saw an arm and a leg. Oh, no. What do you mean when you're a kid? I still do that. <laughs> Me too. Oh. Gang, don't you just love it when your GM creates stories that also freak the fuck out of them, and then you're all just scared together? <laughs> it's better than being scared alone. Evan, would you like to spend some raises here? Oh, you know, I sure the fuck would. Jesse is going to try and find another open hole and see if he can crawl down onto the deck below. Oh, definitely. Where the stairs were? Are? They're upside down, so they're unusable, but the hole in the decks where the stairs go to go down to the lower decks is still there. Wayland, give me just a second. I'm going to search around real quick. I'm, I'm right here. Don't worry. He's going to very carefully spider monkey his way onto the deck. And I'm going to spend two raises to ascertain what happened to this ship. 
if it looks like it got shot or if it's like windswept got teleported that is a very real option in this world <laughs> blood portal to this fucking mountainside i actually didn't even think about that as an option for how the ship got here jesse you hop down and meander your way in through the lower deck which would have been the third or second deck depending on how big this ship actually was it's dark down here because there aren't as many holes and the sunlight isn't able to really permeate. Jesse is going to snap off one of the thinner boards and he's going to pull out the hummingbird dagger that Charles gave him and he's going to start carving the top into a makeshift fuzz stick torch. He's going to sheath that and he's going to pull out bottle, pop the cork off and pours a bit of whiskey onto the very edge of the fuzz stick. Corks it back up, lights a match, and get a better idea as to what he's looking at. That's me, don't worry. Just getting some light so I can see. As the camera adjusts to the new light in this area, the first thing that we notice is that it's not just dark because it's underground. It's dark because the wood seems to be stained in this black soot. And upon closer inspection, Jesse, as you walk towards the walls, you see handprints. So many that they blot out the surface. And when you look around to get a better view, you notice that the entirety of this deck seems to be torn apart. Being a ship captain in the Sea of Monsters, as well as braving treacherous storms... You know that the damage here is indicative of perhaps one of those encounters, but all the boards are splintered outward as opposed to inward. The damage spans the entirety of this deck, and the soot covers every single surface. It's even smeared in some places, as though a hand slammed against the wall and then dragged down or up or sideways. Something tried to escape. Wait and get down here. I'm right behind you. And as you learn that... Take that spicy, dramatic wound. There's a heavy feeling in this ship. Almost as if the humidity in here is so thick and palpable that you're walking through it. And you feel a pressure on your chest. And that pressure worsens. And gets tight. Like someone's stepping on his chest. Exactly like that. And you both feel it at the same time. You hear your hearts beat in your being. (sighs) And when you blink, feeling that pain, you get the briefest vision of a shadow creature. It is featureless black against black. The only thing you can make out is the shoulders and head from this long, slender being. And the vision you get is of it standing before you looming over you, judging you. And that's it. Cool, 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 cool. I'm going to spend a raise towards finding Elliot. Cool. Jesse, you don't hear it because you're all the way down on the other end of the deck. Wayland, as you drop down where Jesse entered, and you catch your breath from feeling your heart beat in all of your bones... You hear faint coughing coming from below. 
Elliot? Elliot, lad. We're coming, don't you worry. I'll be right there. Just keep... Speak, just knock on something, all right? Wayland. Save it. And we'll take that spicy, dramatic wound again. Sorry, Yiv. Okay. Once more, you feel your heartbeats. And in this vision, you get a very clear image of what this thing is looming over. It's Elliot. He appears to have a lantern next to him that's slowly dying out. He's trying to write as fast as his hands can move. He appears to be coughing into a cloth to try and muffle the noise. And it is standing behind Elliot, looming ever closer. And in the lantern light, you can get the barest sense of where Elliot is. There used to be vast windows in this room, and there is the glint of a door handle far in the back. To be crystal clear, these are brief images when you close your eyes. Nothing more. It is going to cost you two raises to get to this place, because it is down beneath you, far below, on what would be the top deck. Tell me. I'm curious. I'll tell you. What are you curious about? Second story work. What about it? It's been a hero point to locate a way into a building or restricted area. You could bring up to one character along with you, but everyone else has to find their own way in or wait for you to open a path for them. Yeah, if you'd like to spend a hero point instead of spending two raises to get both you and Wayland down there. I sure the fuck am. Hold on, okay? Hey. There are a couple of barrels that are all tied up and... With a quick swipe of the hummingbird dagger, he's going to cut a bit of the rope off and find that it's tied to some beam that's holding the decks. And he's going to tug it and make sure that it's all good. And he's going to grab Wayland and they're going to jump down. Once we get down there, he's going to let go of the rope and unsheath Bramble. Wayland's going to pull out the hook staff. The perspective of the camera shifts. We are now along a wall, far down below, and we can see from above us this light descending, and as it gets closer, something skitters across the camera face, and then again as Jesse and Wayland focus into view. Finally they land, and all around them the shadows part, and you can hear them moving. They skitter away from the light, away from the torch. And Eagle Eyes Wayland, Yep. You get a good glimpse of them. Especially one of the slower ones that didn't quite make it out of the light. Take a tarantula, the biggest one in existence, and cover it with moss. Great. Thick peat moss. So that when it stands still or curls up, it looks exactly like a mound of moss. Friend-shaped. And as the light touches it, it curls and cringes, rolling onto its back, all of its legs scrunched inwards. Oi, howdy. 
Evan, why do we keep giving Zoe ideas on how to torture us? Because it's very clear that she can do it all on her own. I don't ask myself these kinds of questions. Yeah, I think it's best not to. Jesse is going to, once again, the top of the bottle off. He's going to pour a little bit more, and he's going to kind of spray a little bit out in front of him and just very gingerly looks at Wayland, looking for approval. Nods his head. So a little tiny fire starts. One of them is not fast enough and gets caught by the fire and curls up and dies in front of you, making a terrible, pained, sad noise. Oh no. Oh no, how horrible. Unfortunate. Oh, hey, Zoe. Oh, hey, Patrick. What is happening to us? Can I tell if it's sorcery or not? Does it feel like magic? Are you about to sense sorcery on me? No, I don't have sense sorcery. I just have resist sorcery. It would be a risk to spend this hero point to see if it does anything. I think Waylon's going to take a second, try and feel what's going on with him, and just pulse his sorcery outwards to try and block what's happening. You going to spend the hero point? Yeah, I'll spend that hero point. Okay. Because it doesn't seem natural. It seems created, almost. Have you ever seen a moss spider in your life, Patrick? I've seen a spider covered in moss. Come on, that shit is natural as fuck. Wayland, remind me again. Is this a area of effect kind of spell? It says, denies any sorcery that targets you directly. I can only do this for myself. Jesse, see this shadow of Paga surrounding Wayland? Yeah, because you've seen Waylon use his sorcery before. I don't think he's seen this, Well, though. you haven't seen him vanish before, but you know that he's done it. Yeah, Waylon, I don't think we've seen this part of your sorcery before, where you can resist other sorcerers. Yeah. Take the camera for a bit. Show us how that looks. The phrase, wearing the mantle of a knight, is often used when describing how one uses sorcery through the grail. I already like where this is going. Continue, please. This takes on a very literal definition of that. Huge fan. You see this aura, this shadow of a person that's kind of around him. So it doesn't look like Wayland. Wayland still looks like Wayland, but where his ears would normally round off, there's this shadow that brings them into a point. So does this look like a Talion and Celebrimbor situation where your eyes go different colors and we see this shadow wraith kind of behind you? Evan just needs to know if he's got to change Jesse's approach right now. Why would you want to change your approach? Might be changing his approach to fight whatever the fuck might be enveloping his friend by a shadow. Oh. So... Jesse almost wonders if one of these things just latched on to Wayland and then became part of his person. No, it's like how Doctor Strange puts on the cloak of levitation. He just swirls his hand and the cloak just kind of comes behind him and sits on him. So it like envelops Wayland. I understand. So it's more of a shift of shadows around Wayland rather than a possession Okay, Wayland, as soon as that metaphorical weight has been placed on your shoulders from the mantle of Paga shielding you, the pressure is relieved, but it's still there as a small tug against your chest. 
Uh, well, what is that? Are you all right? Do I need to stab you? Ah, uh, no, 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 please, no. Oh, Mm-mm. okay. It's night stuff? Night stuff. Night stuff. Got it. This is part of your magic. I understand. Night stuff. Wayland, I'll leave you to your night stuff. <laughs> I regret everything now. <laughs> I regret it all. Jesse is going to continue as Wayland does night stuff. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> I love it here. This is great. Night stuff. Keep up, night stuff. <laughs> you know, you try to say something silly to remind him that it's you and don't have to stop me. Do you want to spend raises on night stuff? <laughs> Oh, I can't spend night stuff raises. Swear to God. Well, with the mantle that I've just put on and, you know, resisting the sorcery, and now that I no longer have the fear clouding me, I want to find out what the fuck is up with this ship. So, Paga never speaks to you. They never say a word. It's always feelings, as if you share the same emotion, right? Not unless I'm specifically communicating with them, no. Paga doesn't directly tell you what's wrong. More so that you look down at your chest and you see what's actually tugging at you this whole time. It's a red thread from your chest, and it seems to be leading off into the distance. And Paga allows you to see farther than you could normally, even with your eagle eyes. And you get a glimpse of what Paga sees as they travel down the thread, going through a door as if it didn't exist. You see a charter actively being written on with a needle and thread as embroidery. Jesse is going to find Elliot. Elliot, please don't make any sudden movements, wherever you are. Captain? Elliot? Elliot's echo seems to reach you, and it's coming from up ahead. Wayland, you're still viewing the world through Paga's eyes at the moment, and you can see that Elliot is slowly writing down notes as if the life is being drained from him, one stroke at a time. And then you look and see a red thread trailing from his body up onto the wall, and you see his name being stitched onto a piece of paper by that shadow creature. Fuck. Oh no. Uh, what? What's up? They're using people's fate threads to make their charter. She's gonna reach up to the knob of the door, open it, and step over the lip that should be hanging down because we're on the ceiling right now. And he's got Bramble out. Waylon will follow. You guys step into the upside-down version of a captain's quarters. Well, what was once a captain's quarters? Everything in here is black. Those handprints, Jesse, that you saw before are everywhere in here. If there were any windows in the back, they are long since gone and filled with dirt. Or possibly rock. It's hard to tell. But the first thing that you see is that glimpsed image you saw earlier, but now directly in front of you. There is this shadow creature pulling a red thread out of Elliot, stitching it through a needle, 
and then beginning to stitch Elliot's name into the charter of the soulless. Zoe, tell me, is this a sight that few, if any, have ever seen before? Hmm. Evan, I can tell you with confidence, I don't think anyone has actively seen fate threads being used in such a way. So yes, go ahead and take that hero point. Hey, you monster. The head of it turns ever so slowly and you see gleaming eyes shine in the dark at you. Leave our friend alone. It makes a guttural, shrieking noise in its throat. And then with its other hand, it seems to grab something in the air and pull, and both of you feel your heartbeats again. And red threads get yanked from your chest. The thing twirls those threads, pulls them into the needle, and then proceeds to stitch faster. Is there anything between us and this creature? Like the desk? Sure. There's a desk. There's a shattered chandelier lying around somewhere, of course. Cool. I'm going to spend two raises. He falls onto the desk and then into a leaping tackle. Uh, It's within your approach. I feel like that only costs one raise. What's the second raise for? Do it well. (laughs) I figured something like a Fate Witch could be pile-drived and then held onto with a couple of raises as opposed to just one. That's fair. We are going directly into an action sequence. So, you've got an enemy in front of you. You've got Elliot you need to save. There's some weird fate witch shit going on here. How are you approaching this new action sequence? How to do this? Would I know if Jesse tried to swipe at the charter and rip it? If that would hurt Elliot? You understand charter magic as it pertains to blood. This is charter magic involving fate threads. I don't think Jesse knows what would happen. You've met a few fate witches in your time. You know that it's a very finicky, very dangerous magic, even to someone who's trained. Being the one who can kind of like see all of our threads, I was going to grab the needle, start pulling, I assume, our names off the charter and start undoing the stitch. Yes, because you have Paga protecting you right now, you can see the fate threads. I imagine finesse is probably important, so I don't rip the fate threads. Just to be entirely clear here, the whole reason you were being hurt while all this was happening is because she kept pulling more of your fate thread out of you so that she could continue to embroider. Oh, valid. All right, resolve sounds good. And for skill, you could either use convince, you could try to appeal to the shadow and be like, hey, maybe don't do that, please. Also, something really bad happened here. And while the shadow is doing something dangerous, there's something more going on here. And I would absolutely accept empathy in this case to try and figure out what that is. I actually really like resolve and empathy. It doesn't help me dice-wise, but I like that approach. Okay, cool. Take two for Flair. Evan, what do you got going on? How's Jesse approaching this? Well, funny you should ask that, because it is definitely not empathy. It is resolve and intimidate. Are you trying to scare this fate witch thing? It's a shadow party and everyone's invited. Including the devil, Jonah. Oh, oh no. Boy. Jesse's getting angry, son. He's not afraid. 
he hasn't been getting more and more afraid. He's been getting more and more angry. So that's his approach. Okay, take two for flair. I sure will. Plus one, because we have at least one dramatic wound. Pat, you also get that. So our tens explode. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yep, because we have three points in the death spiral. Just to recap, since we haven't done dramatic wounds in a while, when you have the first dramatic wound in your death spiral, you get plus one bonus die to all your risks. If you have two, any villains on the scene gain plus two bonus dice. If you have three, your tens explode. And if you have four, you're helpless. Unless you have hard to kill, which at five dramatic wounds, you are helpless. The Stitcher, which is the thing that you are facing, is a strength six monster. So I get six dice on top of the two granted from both of you, which makes my pool ten dice. Yikes. We're in it now, guys, gals, non-binary pals. All right, which brings us to consequences and opportunities because this is an action sequence. There is a very clear and present consequence. The Stitcher is trying to stitch your names into the Charter, which will make you a part of the Solus forever. You don't want that to happen. So it's going to be one raise each to prevent your names from being stitched onto the Solus's Charter. Another consequence on the scene is Elliot's name is already stitched into the Charter, at least some of it. It is imperative that you remove his name from this, but you have to do it carefully. There is a chance that he could lose a part of himself in the unraveling of his name from the Charter. So, it's going to be two raises to prevent his virtue or his hubris becoming lost. Yes, that means canonically, Elliot is a capital H heroic NPC. However, if this is not done with care, he could lose that forever. We're not letting that happen. Well, he won't die if you let it happen. He just won't be a hero anymore. He'll become, mechanically, a normal NPC. We all want Elliot to be a hero. Opportunities is that you can learn more information from the Stitcher. Wayland, since you're using empathy, you can perhaps empathize with it and try to figure out why this is happening. What's driving it to do this? Jesse, you're using Intimidate. Maybe you could scare it or maybe goad it into giving you something that it doesn't want to. Perhaps using Jonah, if you'll allow me. <laughs> Which brings us to hero point time. Uh, Wayland, I just dealt three dramatic wounds to you, buddy. Do you want to use your hubris to get maybe three hero points? Same fucking brain cell. Absolutely, I will activate my hubris and I will spend one on Jesse. We love it. We do love that. So how does that look? Considering your approach, the intimidation aspect. I might just call back to earlier when I took on the mantle of Paga and those things started to scatter as you saw the shadow fall over me. Basically saying that you don't have to worry about Wayland. He's got this. Whatever it is that he's doing, whatever night stuff he's doing, he's got it. Okay, cool. Jesse, take three extra dice. Evan, how uh, how's Jesse helping Wayland in this situation? Tell me. Tell you? Tell me. Tell you what? I would love to give him three extra dice if and only if the moment that calls back to Wayland is a moment when he and Jesse were in his quarters and Wayland's coat was ripped 
And Jesse was like, here, let me show you how to sew. And it's sewing it back together. Oh, my God. I love it. Waylon's like, oh, this is the same thing, except with fate and not linen. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Waylon, take three extra dice. Cool beans. Would you say this is a vision-based risk for Wayland? Why? Because Eagle Eyes gives me plus one bonus die to vision-based risks. Does it? Yeah, it does. Really? Yeah. Shitting me right now? Have I just fucking missed it this entire time? I also missed it this entire time, and I wrote it down after last session. I was like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm an idiot. Oh, it's a two-point advantage. As long as you have clear line of sight, you can see perfectly out of distance of one while. If you use a spyglass, you can even pick out fine details, such as the inscription card of the wedding band. If you make a risk that relies heavily on your keen vision, you gain one bonus die. Oh, fuck. I'm so dumb. Oh, that's okay. I'm dumb, too. Yes. I will say this is a vision-based risk. Cool. You need to see what the <laughs> fuck you're unraveling. I was today years old when I fucking learned that. I thought it just granted you super bonus sight. I was not even a minute old when I learned that you two are clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just looked at my character sheet and I was like, is there anything else I... Fuck me. <laughs> I think I read over my character sheet like a hundred times every time we play. Well, on the bottom, it's very, I wrote it very small. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know what episode this is going to be, but just know it was this many episodes until I fucking realized <laughs> all of the shit that Wayland does is based on his eyes. He's a fucking sniper. Literally could have been rolling one extra die this whole time. Yikes. Anyway, so I have two for resolve. One for Intimidate, one for the extra bonus title about risks, two for Flare, three from Wayland. I think I'm going to take another point from the pool. I'm going to take the die for that. That leaves one in the luck pool, and also you found Elliot. Part of the ship, part of the crew. Yes, part of the ship, part of the crew can now be activated. And without further ado, let's roll some bones. Let's roll bones. Time for bone rolling. We get rerolls as well. All right, so that's one ten. Tens explode. Tens explode mean we get another die. Shit. Okay. Well, we got one ten. I got two tens. So I rolled another ten. Keep rolling until you stop. All right. Well, that's a two. I get to reroll a single die. I rolled another ten. Jesus Christ! This is wild right now. Yeah. So, how many raises do you have? I have nine raises. Christ uh, and a half, Evan. You do. That's with my lowest traits and skills. <laughs> I have four tens, an eight and three, an eight and three, eight and two, six and four, and a six and five. Six total. A ten, got a seven and a six, a three and a seven, a six and a four, a two and an eight, and nine and nine. Uh, no remainders at all. Sorry. Uh, guys are fucking killing me. We rolled really well. <laughs> I'm not sorry. We're almost dead. Yeah. And I would love for us to heal. Pop that magic pirate health potion. That pirate long rest. Those hit dice. That pirate bonfire. That's not happening, buddy. Sorry. Are you ready? Nope. Here we go anyway. Evan, you have the most raises, so let's get back to the narrative. Jesse. You vault the desk and leap 
grab this thing around, you assume it's midsection, and slam it into the back wall. It shrieks, and the charter falls and lands next to Elliot on the floor. Jesse instinctually thinks he's going to plunge Bramble into the chest of this shadow, looks down and notices that it's already sheathed, and that his hand is around this creature's neck. Four raises are being sunk to make sure that it stays there. Oh, boy. Okay, Jesse, you all right? Are you insisting? He is very insistent. Very well. Spend that hero point, and now any action this thing takes against you pinning it up against the wall is going to cost it one extra raise. For the record, it has five. On the way towards its neck, he is instinctually trying to pull back, but... The hand is pulling itself because he's getting angry. And now he's latched. It's like a padlock. Unlike the last time you choked someone out, this thing doesn't make any noise or any kind of indication that it is being choked. But it is writhing, lashing, moving in a strange, inhuman manner. As you insist, it stays where it is. That brings us to initiative six. Wayland, I imagine that you're also just running in and sliding immediately to Elliot's side. The stitcher has dropped the needle. The charter has now fallen on the ground next to you. What do you do? All right. I'll spend a raise to learn more about the charter. Interesting. Okay. What more do you want to know? Are there any other names on the charter? In the flickering torchlight, which is still being held in Jesse's other hand... You can see the charter as you would any other charter on the Bucket of Blood, or any other charter you've ever seen in your life. However, the names that would be written there in blood or in ink are stitched there with fate threads. There are three prominent names on this charter. Contrary to what you thought, it's not Elliot's name. She's just using his fate thread to stitch a name into it. The first name that you can very clearly read without any help at all is Captain Eladio Gonzalez. Holy shit. Captain Gonzalez? Oh my god. And the second name that you can read and recognize instantly is Jonah's name. Fuck off. Now Jonah's name, unlike Captain Gonzalez's name, is not stitched there. It's not embroidered in there. It is carved seemingly with dried blood that has been there for ages. Oh my god. Fuck! <laughs> oh no! And the third name, which she's been using Elliot's thread in order to stitch, seems to be hers. She was halfway through finishing her last name before you interrupted her. Very good. What is her name? <laughs> what, is, what is the first name, at least? V A. L-O-R-A. Valora. Valora? V-I-L-L-A. And then it stops. Villanova? Bingo bongo. For the listeners at home and for context, the Villanova family is infamous. And they are the most feared of the merchant families in the world. Other Vodachi tell scary stories about the Villanovas. Holy shit. 
so this bitch has as much of a vendetta against Jonah as anybody else. If you'll remember from a previous Notes with the Narrator episode on Crucial Lore, A Pirate's Life for Me, I believe there was a story involving the devil Jonah and Captain Gonzalez and an unnamed Fodachi Master Gunner. Fuck! Valora Villanova is the fate witch that cursed Jonah. So yes, she has as much of a vendetta as anyone else. In fact, she seems to be reacting negatively to the fact that there is a hand of Jonah currently around her throat. Oh, no. oh fuck. I'm going to spend a danger point, as well as two out of the five of her raises. I don't like that. Jessie, one of her hands grabs around your chest. She doesn't actually touch you, but she pulls at something that apparently seems to be there. You feel a part of yourself unravel. There's a spool of thread around your heart, and she appears to be winding the threads in between her fingers, unwinding you in the process. Spicy. And I'm going to hold up this hero point for you. If you accept it, Jonah's anger is leaking into you. He is so viscerally angry at this being. It'd be a bitch. Well, it's the thing that cursed him, and he can feel that through the hand. His influence is bleeding into you. If you accept this hero point, he's going to take control for a little bit. Okay, bet. As Jonah's influence leaks into you, do we see those black leaking shadow eyes that we did before. His eyes are black and there is liquid smoke coming from his eyes and there's a small glowing sickly green pupil in each. With Jonah now showing you exactly what's happening your eyes can now see the thread woven between her fingers. Your other hand has the torch, correct? He's got the torch in his other hand. Okay. You bring the torch slowly closer to her, and she recoils in pain at the light. You have something that belongs to me. Jesse's going to pull his fate. I'm going to spend a raise to prevent her from tying me to the solace. Let it go. And when the flames touch her wrist, all of the shadow disperses, and the thread falls from her fingers and reels back into you. Good. Waylon, that means it's your turn. You look up and you see the thread get reeled back into Jesse. So one of the three threads that she was using to stitch with is now gone. Now it's just you and Elliot. Okay. I'll spend two to start working on Elliot to make sure he doesn't lose a fucking piece of himself. <sighs> yeah, from the lessons that Jesse gave you about when you messed up a stitch and you had to pull the thread back, undo everything that you've done you begin to unstitch Elliot's thread from the charter. And it's actually kind of satisfying. It's one of those things where you grab the thread and you pull, and it just pops out of the seam pretty neatly. And when the last of his thread leaves the charter, you hear him take a deep breath as if something has been pushing on his chest the whole time and the pressure has been relieved. Because I'm working with fate... I assume that's going to negatively impact me, so I'm going to spend a hero point to resist the sorcery. You've already activated it before, so you don't need a hero point, you just need a raise. But you're actively holding your own fate thread now. How does Paga resist the pull? I like to think as the shadows get darker, you start to see starlight. 
in the shadow. They're the fae. They're very ethereal. They're very gay. Very gay. Super. Like a more angular Elton John. Like a more angular Elton John. <laughs> Goth Elton John. Okay, so let's see. Two raises left. I want to learn one more thing. I'm going to spend my fourth raise to talk to Valora. Talking to her would be a free action. I'm not going to charge you a raise for that. But learning something new definitely is a raise well spent. Now that Elliot's safe, now that Jesse is safe, Wayland holding his own fate thread in his hand with the needle. I'm going to call out to her. Valora. As she thrashes against Jesse's grip, you notice that her fate thread dangles near you. She doesn't seem to respond to you speaking to her. I'm going to fucking grab her fate thread and pull it through the needle. Valora? Finally had enough, have you? Come to claim your soul back from me? Well, I don't have it. Who are you speaking to? Is forever not long enough, Jonah? Do I need to curse you beyond that? Oh, no. Oh. Valora, that's not Jonah himself. You don't see her look at you, but you feel her look at you as her head snaps in your direction. As sure as the sun rises, this is Jonah. You cannot fool the Fate Witch. It's hard to explain, but that's not Jonah. That's my captain. He has a piece of Jonah. Then your captain is cursed. But not the way that Jonah was. No, I put the curse on Jonah. I will not remove it. I refuse. He will suffer forever. How do I stop this? There is no stopping this. We were all bound together, and now we will all go together. I won't be alone anymore. What would happen if I cut her thread? Fuck around and find out, Wayland. Fuck it. Let's cut the thread. Before that, though, it is now her turn, and I am spending a danger point. Evan? Hi. I'm dealing that fourth dramatic wound to you. I am not hard to kill. Neither am I. Which will bring you to helpless. I am then going to spend all of her raises. And I will have my revenge. All of the shadows seem to retreat into her chest and then explode outward. There are thousands of hands grabbing, snatching, slapping the side of the ship. Flipping the desk, tossing the chandelier, anything that she can grab, she has grabbed it and has thrown it. And then all of those hands coalesce into two giant ones and grab Jesse. They squeeze tight around you and you feel your heart again. But this time, it steals your breath away. Those hands force you away from her, letting go of her neck and force you to your knees as she looms over top of you. Jesse's on his knees. As he looks up, his mouth is wide open. Waylon looks over, absolutely horrified. As she leans down, the shadows move away from her face, and then her hands come up, her real hands come up and cup Jesse's cheeks. And she leans down, and she's about to give him the kiss of death. The camera now moves in primo slow-mo. So, so very slow that they're almost not moving anymore. In this moment, the hero will die to the hands of the villain. He is now helpless. I have spent the danger point and all of her raises. I'm going to capital M murder Jesse. Yep, that's not happening. Any other hero present on the scene can spend all of their raises to stop me. 
Okay. As the camera refocuses in on Wayland, we notice that they are moving at a normal pace. Wayland's going to drop the needle and run and push Jesse out of the way. There is enough space in between her and Jesse that I can force myself into her arms, grab her, tackle her to the ground, and I'll take the kiss of death. Oh my god. Okay. The camera continues its normal pace as it tumbles with Wayland and the creature, and finally the creature is now on top of Wayland. Wayland, what name does she say? Oh, fuck. Is Jesse conscious at the moment? Can Jesse hear anything? At this point, probably not. And if he is conscious, he's not hearing that. She says Samuel Flint. By receiving the kiss of death, you are going to die in this moment. So right before she tries to take my soul, I will activate my virtue, which is if I would be killed through some twist of fate or circumstance... I survive, but I'm immediately and forcefully removed from the scene. Ah, yep, absolutely. So, did she just take Samuel's soul? Not with this, she didn't. I was going to say, because if that's what she was doing, Jonah would have intervened. It's the deal. No, we're getting there. Just wait. The camera focuses to look at Wayland and this fate witch, Valora, side by side. As Valora leans down, her hands now clamped around Waylon's head, and she says, Samuel Flint. Samuel Flint. Samuel Flint. And then she kisses him. Waylon, you feel your soul being sucked from your lungs. I have both Elliot and my fate threads in my hand and rip them out of the charter. As the fate threads get removed from the charter, it begins to curl and smolder. All of a sudden, the fate witch pulls back and stares down at Wayland. What? No. No. And then the charter bursts into gray flames, almost as if it's just smoke that is eating the charter alive. And the fate witch erupts into shadow hands, screaming at the top of her lungs. Destroying everything her hands can touch. The charter begins to shrivel and smolder as it shrinks, and so too does she. The shadows retreat back into her. She was heading for the charter, but she doesn't reach it in time. She falls to her knees, her hand reaching towards it. No. No. And she falls over on her side and crumbles like volcanic ash into the air. I won't go volcanic ash swirls, encompasses all of Wayland, and they get dragged into darkness. And the last thing Jesse hears before he passes out is... How can you have two souls? Jesse, you don't know how long it's been. You're not even sure where you are at the moment, but you hear a voice calling you. A voice that you seem to have only remembered in your dreams. And when you open your eyes, everything's shadowed. You cannot see any definition. As you begin to focus, you hear that voice again, closer. And it's your mother. Mio. Jesse. 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 Are you alright? He blinks once, 
He blinks twice. Jesse, distantly you hear the sound of destruction. Wooden boards splintering and shattering. You look over, and in your shadows you can see the soulless crumple in on itself and become nothing but smoke until even that is gone. Your mother was holding you, protecting you, and she looks back down at you. Don't worry, Mio. I've got you. You're safe. And he falls back, unconscious. In Jesse's state of unconsciousness, he looks down at his stump of a hand, and he looks around. I know you're listening. What did she do to him? And for the first time ever, you get a response. The same thing she did to me. And then it's gone, and everything goes silent and black. That's all there is for now. Not too bad of a cliffhanger, considering my recent ones. Yes, yes, we will learn all about what just happened in the next episode. Until then, we'll see you next time, friends. Be safe and well.